Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Matt Goes to the Movies. And we are here, I should say, I am here today with a little bit different of an episode than what listeners have been used to. Uh, I am back solo again to talk about Batman Begins. And if you've been listening to the show lately, uh, you know we were doing Mondays with Mando, which Rob was with me for every one of those episodes. And he was a you know, awesome help to do those, and it was super fun. And Harrison from The Basement Binge, for any listeners that are familiar with that show, uh, he was on a couple times to help us with some episodes. And even in between that, uh, Harrison and I, for The Basement Binge, did a episode of Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets. So uh, kind of cool to be back solo here and talking about movies. A uh, little bit weird, though, after I've done so many of them here with a, a partner or two. But Uh, What I'm here to talk about today is Batman Begins, which is my favorite movie of the Nolan trilogy. I think by far, in my opinion, it is the best Batman movie, Uh, certainly better than The Dark Knight Rises. And I think it edges out The Dark Knight based on, to me, when you strip away Heath Ledger's performance from The Dark Knight, it's not as good of a movie as people give it credit for. Now, granted, his performance was absolutely astounding, but um, I'm not here to talk about that movie. I'm here to talk about Batman Begins, like I said. So, you know, let's get into Batman Begins and why I think it's, to me, my favorite. Uh, You know, number one, we have to think about, too, that this movie came out essentially after Batman was thought to be a dead property. Nobody wanted to touch it. There was a lot of treatments in between the absolutely mangled Batman and Robin. And this movie that we eventually got, there was, you know, a lot of pitches, but the studio just didn't want to pick it up. They couldn't get directors to stay. And it was really a struggle to figure out when a Batman movie would come back to the theaters. That's how much damage Batman and Robin did to the reputation of Batman on the big screen. And then it was announced Christopher Nolan would be doing a year one type story for Batman Begins. And the buzz was insane. I remember buying a newspaper when this movie came out because there was like a 10-page article in the paper about Batman Begins because critics were saying this movie was so well done that no one has saved the Batman franchise. And let me tell you, as I said, this movie did not disappoint for me. I saw this movie five times in the theater because I just could not get enough of this movie. Uh, At the time, Christian Bale was such an amazing choice for Batman. I think in the later two movies, there was some flaws with his performance, but I thought he was incredibly convincing as Bruce Wayne in this movie, really intimidating as Batman. The costume design was fantastic. The real-world applications of him using things for his Batsuit and pairing with Lucius Fox was very well done. I really like the grounded reality that Christopher Nolan put this universe into. And it really feels more so than any of the other Dark Knight movies that Christopher Nolan did, that this is a true Batman film. You see him putting together the suit. You see him training. You understand his 
double life where he does things as Bruce Wayne to keep people away from him so that people would think there's no way this guy could be Batman. He turns his back on Rachel, so to speak. He turns his back on friends. Um, You know, he has this great scene at the dinner party where he makes a toast just to get people out of the house so that he can confront Ra's al Ghul and make sure that nobody gets hurt. And speaking of Ra's al Ghul or Ra's al Ghul, however you want to say it, because it's been said several different ways, uh, Liam Neeson is in this movie and he's incredible. You think his name is Ducard in this movie uh, until you find out that he is actually Rachel Ghoul um, and having someone front as him, Ken Watanabe. And he is fantastic. He really feels like a mentor to Bruce in this. He trains him. He teaches him to understand that, you know, his father should have taken action when Joe Chill was threatening his mother and father. Uh, telling them to give up their wallet and his parents get killed. And also, too, he tells him about his life and why he thinks that cruelty and injustice needs to be fought without hesitation. Um, to, you know, Rachel Gould, you don't get a second chance. If you screw up once, that's it. And that's the way it should be. He really convinces me when he talks about once he had a great love and how he wasn't always up here in the mountains, that really hit to me. You understood why this guy harbored pain and why he had the mentality that he did. And again, it was to me really great that they brought it down again into reality. You know, anybody who's a fan of the comics understands Rachel Ghoul has the Lazarus pit, but this just felt like a regular guy who for as much time as he had on this planet was going to make sure people who were evil paid for it. And I really liked it. Jim Gordon, uh, Gary Oldman, man, that guy is fantastic. He's done so many great things. He was amazing as Commissioner Gordon. Great performance, really believable that he was trying to do the best he could. He has crooked cops all around him, even works with one. And he just tries to stay afloat. He he doesn't lose sight of who he is. He tries to keep the peace, so to speak, and just do what's right by Gotham City. You know, really admirable to stay true to yourself in the face of everybody being crooked around you that he still tries to do the right thing. Great performances there. I thoroughly enjoyed the performance of Katie Holmes as Rachel. I thought she was way, way better in this movie than Maggie Gyllenhaal. I just don't understand anybody who thinks that performance was better in The Dark Knight. Um, I thought Katie Holmes did a fantastic job. I thought it was uh, unfortunate that she couldn't come back for the sequel because I thought she shared actual real chemistry with Christian Bale. I liked her. Again, stand-up person stays true to herself, corruption all around her, but wants to make a difference and wants to do the right thing. I thought that was a great story plot. The look of Gotham City, I know it's in Chicago, but getting away from that huge, you know, Batman Forever, Batman and Robin style Gotham where it's just bright lights, huge sculptures. Um, you know, Gotham was 
dark, dirty, grimy. Um, yeah, it showed why there was so much corruption and, you know, the poor that were in Gotham and how Thomas Wayne was fighting for those kinds of people. And at one point, Rachel actually, when Bruce says that he was going to kill Joe, Ki Joe Chill, sorry, at the trial, uh, she slaps him and says that his father would be ashamed of him because he was trying to help people like that. Um, and he wouldn't want that for Bruce. Again, there's just, there's a lot of powerful messages. There's a lot of powerful performances inside this movie. And again, to me, it is the most true to Batman out of the Dark Knight trilogy. We get the great, again, like I talked about with Liam Neeson, we get the great training scenes with Bruce. We get some really great shots of him as Batman, that first warehouse fight where he's close quarters combat, taking people out, jumps on top of the limo and rips them through the top of the limo door. Uh, sorry, the, the window. Uh, his first line of, I'm Batman, just chills. I, I got chills when I first saw that movie. I was so enthralled with it. That, like I said, I had to go back to, to see it five times in the theater. Um, and ticket prices were a little cheaper back then. But still, I just, I needed this movie multiple times to pick up on it because as a fan of Batman, it was just unbelievable to actually see Batman back on the big screen and be serious. At the time now, I thoroughly enjoy Batman and Robin for what it is. It's a dumpster fire, but I can throw that movie on and I absolutely have a blast with it. I laugh. Um, uncontrollably at that movie, but that's not what I wanted from Batman. This is what I wanted from Batman. So to see this on screen again was absolutely incredible. And then to think about the premise of getting the Joker in the sequel, that ending rooftop scene where Gordon tells him, you know, I never said thank you. Uh, and he says, you'll never have to, and just jumps off um, that was the first time I was ever in a theater part of an audience that clapped at the end of a movie. Everybody that I went and saw this movie with absolutely loved it. I went by myself the first night that I saw it, and I had conversations with people outside of the theater where everybody, like I said, was just unbelievably excited to have Batman back on the big screen. The anticipation of when would we get a sequel to this? You know, who would play the Joker? What would that look like? How would the Joker look? Um, and he blew everything out of the water. You know, let's get that straight. Uh, I believe Heath Ledger was the definitive edition of the Joker um, on screen in any medium. Mar Mark Hamill is a close second for voicing the Joker and bringing his character to life in animated series and video games. But Heath Ledger nailed this role um, to the point where I think the Dark Knight actually gets more credit than it deserves as a movie strictly based on his performance. I do feel that it is not as strong of a Batman movie. Um, and if you took out Joker's performance and you had a different villain in there, I don't know that it would have been as well received um, as it was. But, you know, Batman Begins, again, my favorite movie out of the Dark Knight trilogy 
great Batman story. You see him with detective work. He's got a great relationship with Lucius Fox. Him, you know, trying to piece together his bat suit. I love that. Where real tech, the you know, Batmobile getting things from the military that were not put into effect. They didn't want to spend money on it. And him utilizing real world technology in order to become this persona. And, you know, last but not least, what I'd like to talk about is his relationship, and it spans all three movies, but his relationship with Alfred in this series, and in particular in this movie, is amazing. There are some really strong scenes in here. First, when Bruce comes back because Joe Chill is going to be on trial, and he Bruce gets upset and says if he had his way, he'd tear this house down brick by brick. And Alfred really just like puts him in his place and says, you know, this house was built by your parents and really gives him a lashing about what the history of that building means and what it should mean to him and what it means to Alfred to be able to have all these years to take care of this house and take care of the Waynes. Some really great moments there. Some, you know, great moments towards the middle of the movie when Bruce comes back and Alfred's helping him become this Batman persona. Uh, at the end, when he saves him from Wayne Mansion burning down, and there's some you know funny dialogue there where the building's burning around to, down around them, but he says, you know, what good are all those bloody push-ups if you can't lift the damn board? Uh, their relationship and Michael Caine. I mean, if anybody knows this guy and has seen anything he's in, he is a fantastic actor. He was such an amazing casting choice as as Alfred. Uh, to me the best Alfred on screen for Batman series. I think he is top notch and he just caps off this movie for me. His relationship with Bruce really is the emotional to me heart of this series and begins in Batman begins, no pun intended, where you understand how vital Alfred will be to these movies and to Bruce's progression as a man, as Batman and how he'll help him along his journey. So that's going to be it for my review of Batman begins. Uh, looking forward to putting out a couple more episodes here coming up. I do have some recordings ready that we're just putting the finishing touches on um, the reboot of power Rangers. Um, that one will be coming out soon. I also have a Skylines sci-fi trilogy review that will be hitting up this week. So really looking forward to bringing some new stuff along with Rob and I will be back to do WandaVision and hoping to get Harrison on a couple of those episodes. So uh, any listeners of this show, if you haven't yet from other episodes, uh, give Harrison a listen too. He's really become a good friend of mine through podcasting. Love his show. And uh, he's a really great dude. So if you haven't given any of his episodes a listen yet, uh, check out The Basement Binge. I, I don't think you'll be disappointed, especially if you listen to this show. Uh, great guy, deserves uh, you know all the credit and listeners that he gets. So thanks for listening to Matt Goes to the Movies, and we'll be back soon with some more episodes.